Are you out there doing your best to get on with life? Because, as you already know, it's what you make of your life that really counts. And sometimes having a few shortcuts to help you on your way can be very useful. The NLP Matters podcast might just be the toolbox you need to focus your attention, your effort, your drive onto what really does make the difference. Built on the foundation of neuro-linguistic programming, the NLP Matters podcast offers proven recipes you can use to create and sustain your life your way. G'day, and welcome to the NLP Matters podcast. I'm your host, Joe Clark. We've spent much of the past few months discussing and applying a number of NLP strategies to the setting of our goals using NLP techniques. Make sure you download your free ebook, Building Your Successful Life, at nlpmatters.com.au forward slash successful life. Now we're moving on to explore what is perhaps the most fundamental component of NLP, the NLP presuppositions. These presuppositions provide us with the compass that guides us as we use and apply powerful NLP techniques to take control of our own lives and really make a difference. In NLP, we've found that there are certain beliefs that empower people to live lives of growth, success, compassion and contribution to others. Underlying all NLP is the belief and acceptance that each person has their own unique model of the world, developed from and based on their own subjective experience of reality. For each of us, our environment, culture, family and personal experiences shape and mould our reality. This fundamental insight acts as a foundation for us in being able to work on our own growth and development whilst empathetically supporting others. Much like a teacher who carries with them a set of beliefs about learning that support their work in the classroom, the NLP precepts do this for us in NLP. For example, the teacher who has the belief all children can learn. When confronted by a situation where a student seems to not be learning, this teacher then gets to ask themselves powerful questions like, what do I need to change in this environment so this student can learn? The teacher now can take action. All they have to do is work out what to change. Identify what is the difference that will make the difference so that this student will learn. If the teacher had a different belief, such as some students will never learn no matter what, then their response will be fundamentally different. This teacher is now powerless. Their focus will most likely shift to something like, what can I do with this student who can't learn whilst I'm teaching the rest of the students in this class? In this case, the teacher acts as if there's nothing they can do to help the student learn, so they give up. The direction and behaviours of each of these teachers, what they actually do in the context of the same environment, confronting the same challenge, is radically different. Their underlying belief or presupposition about learning has directly impacted their choices 
their perception and, like a compass, has guided them along a path that is consistent with their own unique underlying perspective on learning. In NLP, we have a set of statements, essentially value-based beliefs, that operate as the context within which we use NLP. These beliefs or presuppositions are resourceful in that they serve both us and others. Together, they form kind of like the ecological framework that ensures the practice of NLP is constructive and expansive rather than restrictive and destructive. Unlike other modalities which are in contrast to NLP, there's a focus in those modalities more on the person's deficits. And the work there starts from a presupposition that the person is broken. They have a problem and the problem or they need to be fixed. In contrast, NLP is a growth and resource rich model that is built on the belief there is nothing to fix, but rather that we are evolving and we are learning and we do have everything within us that we need. There are a number of precepts, in fact 14 of them, and despite the fact that they have varying origins, they form the basis upon which the work of NLP is built. And together, as I said, they provide the framework that ensures the techniques and strategies of NLP are developed and implemented ethically and responsibly. In this episode, I'll briefly introduce each of the precepts, not in any particular order, but just give you an overview of them. And over the next few episodes, we'll explore in more depth how we can apply these precepts in our own lives. The first presupposition I want to have a look at is the one that says we must have respect for the other person's model of the world. When we're applying NLP in our lives, being able to show a deep respect for another person's model means that we can respond to the way others see the world with some empathy and compassion, even if we disagree with them. And at the moment in the world where we're experiencing a global pandemic, there seems to be quite a bit of disagreement around. So this particular NLP precept is very, very useful. Now, more than ever, we can easily see that our view or model or map of the world is just one possible way to view things. Embracing this precept means that we can give up the need to be right and accept that we have our view whilst others have their own perspective. Using this approach, we create a zone of safety within which we and they can actually explore each other's models, knowing that we're not being judged and they also are not being judged or evaluated harshly by us, merely because the things that they believe are different to our beliefs or the things that they have done are not the way we would do them. They have built their model of the world and we have built ours. The implications of the freedom this creates for us to experience and connect with others is very profound. The next precept is that behaviour and change are to be evaluated in terms of context and ecology. The frame of ecology builds even further on the notion of respecting the person's model of the world. This means that when we see a particular behaviour, it can only really be evaluated in terms of the context 
in which the behaviour occurred. Or even when we're looking at changes that someone wants to make, these two can only be evaluated in terms of the context in which the change is going to occur. So someone might have a behaviour like yelling at an umpire at an AFL football match. And that might be acceptable to those around them at the football match. But if they were a teacher yelling at students in a classroom, this same yelling behaviour now has a totally different meaning and, hopefully, it wouldn't be tolerated at all and they would quickly find themselves having a serious chat with the principal. If we fail to consider the context of a behaviour, we may even fall into the trap of judging ourselves or someone else harshly for a behaviour that really, in that particular context, is okay. In fact, it could even be the most ecological behaviour available to them within that particular context. Either way, the power of this presupposition is that it allows us to be really curious about the meaning, the judgments and the evaluations we make about our own and others' behaviour. Rather than seeing everything as black and white, this presup brings in the possibility that perhaps there are some alternate colours to consider. The next two precepts we'll explore are that resistance from someone you're communicating with is a sign of lack of rapport and that the meaning of communication is the response you get. In other words, there's no resistant people, only inflexible communicators. Effective communicators accept and utilise all communication presented to them. This places the responsibility for successfully communicating firmly with the initiator of the communication. In other words, if we want someone to understand us or if we get a response that we didn't want, it's our responsibility to come up with ways for the other person to get it. In contrast, if we choose to blame the other person for the misunderstanding, then effectively we've chosen to give away our power to communicate. This is similar to the teacher's beliefs, the one who gives away their power to teach, in contrast to the teacher who chose the belief that all children can learn, which enables this teacher to then be curious and try different things and find a way to have that child or that student learn. Another key presupposition is that people are not their behaviours. So we accept the person whilst we might seek to change the behaviour. This precept comes from a humanist perspective. Taking it on allows us to respond with compassion to others even when we dislike their behaviour. It's a recognition that a person is not just the sum of what they do. We're all so much more than that. Sister Helen Pregen used to minister to prisoners on death row and she has lived her life, she's in her 80s now, she's lived her life advocating against the death penalty. She wrote a book called Dead Man Walking and in that book she says, people are more than the worst thing they've ever done in their lives. As we've already seen, all behaviour occurs in a context To know a person or even to know ourselves, we need to look beyond just behaviour. Now, possibly my favourite NLP presupposition 
is that everyone is doing the best they can with the resources they have available. This pre-sup recognises that behaviour is geared for adaptation. Present behaviour is the best choice available and every behaviour is motivated by a positive intent at some level. This means that all behaviour is intended to meet a need. Perhaps it's one of our six core human needs that we've talked about in earlier episodes of the NLP Matters podcasts. Or perhaps it is to be right about something. But at some level, even though we might think it's not the best way to go about it, we're doing the best we can with what we've got. The challenge for all of us when we have behaviours we want to change is to find more resourceful ways of meeting the needs that the unresourceful behaviour is currently meeting. The next presupposition is to calibrate on behaviour and recognise that the most important information about a person is that person's behaviour because our behaviour reveals our unconscious mind at work. Simply put, a person's behaviour is the best indicator of the underlying beliefs, values and attitudes. It reveals to us some of the things that perhaps could be obstacles to achieving goals or changing behaviours. And this can make us become aware of these values, beliefs and attitudes. Once we have awareness, then we can make changes if we want to. But if the beliefs, values and attitudes remain outside of our awareness, it's likely that we'll continue the same old behaviour over and over. Now, let's look at the presupposition, the map is not the territory. As we know, we are constantly taking in information and using that to construct our own unique representation of reality. But that representation is based on what we noticed, what we paid attention to, not the reality itself. In NLP, we recognise that we create our internal representation by selecting, in inverted commas, a sample of what is available to us from the outside world. Our cognitive capacity and the limitations of our five senses means it's totally impossible for us to process every single piece of information that is available to us moment by moment. And so we go through a process of deleting, distorting and generalizing information, then filtering in information from which we then create our internal representation. And we give our internal representation descriptions, meanings and labels. And then we live as though that internal representation is in fact the whole reality. An added bonus of this pre-sup is that when we recognise that the map is not the territory, then accepting and respecting another's map of the world becomes easier because we know they can have their map and we can have ours. It just depends on what we've deleted, distorted and generalised and filtered in because ultimately that is how we created our own experience of reality just as they did. The next precept is that you're in charge of your mind and therefore your results and I'm also in charge of my mind and therefore my results. Like other presuppositions, this is a statement that acknowledges our personal power because when we're personally responsible, we're also in control of our own results. 
It means we don't get to blame others or external circumstances for what happens in our life. We get to be truly at cause for that. Then we have the presupposition that people have all the resources they need to succeed and to achieve their desired outcomes. This is also one of my favourites. Restated, it means that there's no unresourceful people, only unresourceful states. The resources that we have within us mean that we're always capable of learning. If we need some additional skills or abilities, then we know we can learn and acquire these skills and then use them to achieve our desired outcomes. Intrinsic to NLP is the belief that human beings are whole and complete and capable. The next two NLP precepts are that all NLP procedures should increase wholeness and all NLP procedures should increase choice. In terms of wholeness in NLP, we're not in the business of getting rid of things like negative emotions or thoughts. We need to recognize that the gamut of human experience is wide and deep and that we're all involved in a journey of discovering how we might integrate these experiences into our whole self rather than trying to get rid of them. The focus on increasing choice when we're using NLP means that we're in the business of creating new options and possibilities for ourselves and for others. Too often people come to me for coaching because they've slipped into a belief that they have no choices. They think there's only one way. And because they have adopted this limiting belief, they feel trapped. By increasing choice, we create new possibilities for them. And when we step back and recognize that there are a variety of options available, then we can make a choice that aligns well with our ultimate goals and the lifestyle we want to have. The penultimate presupposition is a beauty. It states, there is no failure, only feedback. I love this one. So many lives are made miserable because of the judgments and evaluations we are hanging on to about ourselves. When we take on board all the other presuppositions along with this one, we're given the tools to come to terms with our own humanity and the humanity of those around us. Because if we can just accept the feedback that our behaviour and the behaviour of others gives us without making it mean failure, we can begin to receive it like a gift and then we can take on the lessons, the insights, the wisdom that we now have access to without all the negativity we've been taught to pile on top of it. And the final presupposition is one that's called the law of requisite variety. It states that the system or the person with the most flexibility of behaviour will ultimately control the system. This is a belief that underpins all the other precepts we've talked about so far. The quality of our life and the lives of those around us is directly linked to our capacity to bring behavioural flexibility to our day-to-day living. So there they are. Now, when we just run through them, you might even think some of them can contradict each other. But that's why we're going to dive more deeply into them in the next few episodes 
of the NLP Matters podcast. These guiding precepts of NLP really act like a compass to direct and shape how we interpret and use the practice and techniques of NLP both for ourselves and for others. I look forward to you joining me in the next NLP Matters episode when we continue to discover the power of NLP as we break out the compass and explore the presuppositions that guide us. In the next episode, we'll examine two NLP precepts. The map is not the territory and having respect for the other person's model of the world. So stay awesome and I look forward to connecting with you in our next episode. Wow, thanks for showing up and listening in. We would love to hear from you. Send your thoughts, ideas or questions via email to joanne at destinypursuit.com.au. Now it's time to take today's recipe out into your own life. Notice the differences that show up as you apply it. We'd love to hear how you are progressing with your new approach.